We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the Bee Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. Putting procedures in place for staff to get support in a way that they don't feel ashamed or that they're going to be judged or someone's going to be questioning them or their intentions so that they can go to that place and say, here's what's going on. Who has ideas? I need some help. And it's really a more relaxed, maybe conversation. Dr. Chris Jones here, and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Anna Channing has been a Massachusetts educator for nine years. She's currently a fourth grade general education teacher in Dexter Park in Orange, Massachusetts, who is passionate about social emotional learning and mental health in schools. And boy, I'm excited about this today because Anna has a lot to say about core values being key to leaders as far as supporting, engaging, and empowering teachers. So welcome, Anna. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah, this is, I'm, I'm excited about having this conversation from some of the things we said in the pre-chat. But I'd like to start off just like I start off with other people. So what is it you love about being a school teacher? You know, basically what got you into teaching and and all that kind of stuff. This might be a little bit of a stereotypical answer, but I love learning. I loved learning when I was a student. I love learning now as an adult. So to be able to show up every single day and be surrounded by a bunch of other little people who want to learn is the best. Hey, there's there's nothing wrong with that. And we always talk about being lifelong learners, right? So if you if you love it, that's a good thing. Absolutely. You know, in your in your teaching career uh, up until this point, what would you consider one of your best accomplishments as a teacher? 
So the school I work at is located, you know, just a few feet. I mean, literal feet away from a very large swamp. It's an older building. I can't imagine that any building would ever be allowed to be built so close to a swamp now. Um, So because of this, we have amazing wildlife. And something that happens every spring is snapping turtles will leave the swamp and they find their way through the fencing. It doesn't matter how we try and prevent it. Onto our playground. And they come ashore to lay their eggs and they'll lay eggs around the playground and around the building. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. (laughs) It's also quite amazing to watch. And for years, you know, staff have acknowledged the turtles. We've told the kids you need to keep their distance. If you see them, it's not safe. You know, someone could get hurt. The turtles could get hurt. The things that we try and tell them about anything that happens so a couple of years ago, I had a class who just seemed overly interested in the turtles more so than ever before. And I kind of just brushed it off. Like we are ignoring the turtles. We don't go near them. <laughs> I gave my standard speech. But what I realized was this class wasn't letting it go. And it was a huge opportunity for me to do something really fun. So I showed up one week. And I kind of dove headfirst into snapping turtles. I had grabbed a whole bunch of books from the local library, ordered some things online, and we just started incorporating snapping turtles into every part of our day. We did math with snapping turtles. We wrote about snapping turtles. We researched from several different texts. And we started putting together a plan for how we could educate the rest of our school and protect the turtles. The kids made posters. I had a small group who did like a public service announcement video. They wrote scripts and filmed it. We created slideshows. And then the coolest thing was I was able to get my hands on some walkies from the office. So they formed a turtle patrol and they would go outside during all of the different recesses and mark active nesting sites with cones and caution tape so that people would know not to go near them because eggs were laid there. And we found decoy nests and then we found real nests. Um, So actually very little of what we did during these couple of weeks was me. It was mostly them, but it was pretty cool to watch. And I felt really proud of all the work we did. See, now that's that's a great story. I love that story about the turtles. And it makes me think, I mean, it even makes me think to other teachers I've heard that are across from farms and things like that. Whenever animals come out, they lose the students at that, you know, that elementary, that middle school age. But the thing that really strikes me is I always talk about if teachers are engaged, Mm -hmm. the best thing you can do is just kind of support them, step out of the way and let them go because they'll, they'll just pick things up and run with them. And this story that you're talking about where you did that with students, I mean, the whole idea of they got engaged with the animals and you let them, and then that just automatically empowered them to go do these other things. I mean, really marking nests and seeing decoy, they got more learning out of exploring on their own, so to speak. So for the leaders that are listening to this, this is really important for leaders to do with teachers. What is getting teachers engaged around things like that look like? Do you have any advice around that for leaders? Yeah. I think that for teachers to be engaged in authentic work 
um, like I was able to do with these kids and, and the turtles is they, they need to have not only time, and we talk about time all the time in education, but built-in opportunities to collaborate, to bounce ideas off of each other, to hear about something that's happening down the hallway. And they need their leader to have the confidence in them that if they start to stray off from the standards that they're supposed to be teaching during that part of the day, that there's a reason for that and that learning can happen outside of that box. And I think there's, there are just so many ways that leaders can do that. A perfect example of something that we've been doing in our district that I'm really grateful for my school leader for organizing is in-district ed camp. We look at our PD calendar And instead of scheduling someone to come in for just one of those PD opportunities, we plan an in-district ed camp. And right there is giving people time. It's giving teachers the opportunity to collaborate with their colleagues. And it's kind of like a springboard for all sorts of new ideas. That's that's awesome. And, you know, the idea of because the teachers have ownership, right? The ed camp model, you get to pick what you're interested in and people gravitate to it and you vote with your feet basically. So teachers have that opportunity to do what is interested in them and that builds that engagement and obviously the empowerment piece, but that's awesome. But so let's look at the flip side of that because we don't, we don't get a win every day. (laughs) Sometimes it takes us longer to get to wins, but what's a time that you didn't do that well as a teacher? Um, I'm curious how you overcame it and you know, how a leader could have possibly helped you overcome it earlier or not even run into it? I have a story I think that is probably going to sound really familiar to a lot of teachers where I consider myself a strong, confident teacher. And one year I had a really challenging class. You know, several students with challenging behaviors, students who were struggling with academics, and they needed me to be at my best every single day. And that's exhausting. And you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. It just became harder and harder for me to do it every day. My classroom community suffered. I felt like my students didn't feel like they were safe. Our classroom wasn't this trusting space anymore. You know, behaviors were escalating, becoming more challenging. And I'll be honest, I wasn't asking for help. I waited I thought that if I asked for help, that maybe I would be judged. And eventually I kind of didn't have a choice. And by the time I I asked, um, things had gotten pretty bad. So, you know, once I finally reached out, I was able to work on a plan. How can we rebuild this classroom community? How can I get some new strategies, a fresh fresh perspective to be able to better support my students in all areas of the day. And I really should have asked for help sooner. And when I think back on that time, you know, I was ashamed a little bit to admit I needed that help. And, and that kind of like toxic mindset of, I should be able to figure this out by myself is what I just kept hearing in my mind. And I think, you know, a lot of teachers probably have been in a very similar situation where you just wait too long to reach out 
Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, it's unfortunate because like you mentioned, there's a mix of emotions. There's a range of emotions as to why people would wait or not wait. Is there a way that you could think of that a leader could have stepped in earlier or is there, are there certain signs, I guess, a leader should look for if something like that's going on? I think that leaders need to make sure that they're checking in on all of their teachers. We have a tendency to offer support maybe to people who it's very clear that they need more support. And our strong teachers need to have those same regular check-ins. And putting procedures in place for staff to get support in a way that they don't feel ashamed or that they're going to be judged or someone's going to be questioning them or their intentions so that they can go to that place and say, here's what's going on. Who has ideas? I need some help. And it's really a more relaxed, maybe conversation. Um, yeah, no, that, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense because often, you know, and I, I think about this too, is sometimes if, if you have two competing things as a leader, we often try to make choices and prioritize. And if we know there's something of lesser importance and not a whole lot less importance, but if it's, if it's close and we know it's either get that done and off our plate or out of the way, or go see that strong teacher for a few minutes or step in, that sometimes that thought in our mind, well, they're a strong teacher. It's okay if I wait another day to check in with them. And, and we may be missing the idea that they're struggling with a class because a strong teacher doesn't always have a great class. We all know the classes change and, and days change as students come in and out. So I think that's an important thing. That's an important thing to notice. I, you know, so we, we talked about, you know, something that worked for you and something that didn't work for you, but, and, and we kind of danced around the idea of supporting, engaging, and empowering teachers. What are some of the key things a leader can do? I think that leaders need to provide teachers with opportunities, you know, to lead both within their own school building and outside of the school building. You know, understanding that there are already experts in your building and that you can find them and give them the opportunity to share what they work on or teach their colleagues or help them find a conference that they can go to and present at and really empower them to share what they have been working on. And that's probably the best way that, that leaders can support their staff is to recognize these experts that they already have. Yeah, no, that's, that's really important. Do you, do you have, because we talk about that sometimes, but do you have a, a, an example that you could share with the listeners? Yeah, so I'm really fortunate to have an amazing school leader. And we went to a conference where another district had presented about a structure they were using that allowed teachers to act as leaders and involve teachers in decision-making for the district. So we listened really carefully. And I think that we just immediately knew this was something we had to have in orange. So like I said, I'm super fortunate to have a school leader who gets it. And he came back, he advocated for time in our school calendar to set up a structure called um, teacher-led instructional leadership teams, where basically 
there are teams within the district and each team is led by a teacher that focus on different important areas, literacy, math, social emotional learning and mental health, family engagement and relationship building, things like that. So now you have staff members who are choosing an area that they're already interested in, joining this team, and another teacher is leading the team. We are creating goals. We are setting action plans. And then we're given the time to work on this. And that's really a perfect example of how that can work in a school where you're giving teachers the time to be leaders and be experts in things that they're interested in and really just empowering them to make decisions across the district. That's awesome. And uh, like, what a great opportunity or way to get teachers in the forefront and to empower them to lead and make decisions that affect the school. Because really that's where, that's where change comes from. That's where improving your school comes from. It, it comes from the range of voices and diverse set of voices, not just one person's viewpoint. So that, that's excellent. Look, I'm, I'm loving our conversation, but I just want to take a second here to um, pause to hear a message from some of the people sponsoring this podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Better Leaders, Better Schools Mastermind. The mastermind is built on the ABCs of powerful professional development, authenticity, belonging, and challenge. With all three components, leaders experience transformation in their personal and professional lives. Personally, I've been a member of the Mastermind for years, and it's transformed my leadership by teaching me how to challenge the status quo and honor my personal vision for what leadership should be. Join me and other leaders from around the world in the Mastermind. You can apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, and we're back uh, with Anna Channing, and we're we're uh, in the midst of talking about ways to engage and empower teachers. Um, she's shared quite a few stories, and I'm, I'm really excited to get back into this. And one of the things that seems to uh, run through this is the idea of looking at what teachers are being allowed to do, for lack of a better term. I mean, I'm sure there are better ways to say it, but... So if you were to, because that takes a little bit on the teacher's part as well, um, if given that opportunity or anybody's part, um, to think about what they're doing. So for new teachers who want to spend some reflective time on their own practice, thinking about what, what that looks like, what are some important questions you'd recommend they ask themselves to get that going? I think a great place to start is to ask yourself, who are other leaders you admire? Leaders within education, leaders outside of education, and why do you admire them? I think other things that are really critical are how do you give feedback? How do you receive feedback? And then most importantly, if you are a new teacher or someone who is looking to take on more leadership roles, absolutely ask yourself, what are your core values? Yeah, I mean, that's that's such an important question to, to look at because you really notice that the stress increases, stress level increases, or the, the times that you just, you know, it's kind of a, it's, it's slogging um, to get it done rather than really being passionate about it. So um, the idea of identifying core values to make sure that you're, you're doing what aligns with you is excellent. So I, I do have to ask you because you're, you're talking about voice, you're talking about empowering people. If you weren't a teacher, who, not what, would you be and why? I would be someone who 
helps others, particularly young girls, learn how to advocate for themselves and develop the skills they need to be leaders so that they can have better control over their lives. That's excellent. The idea that, you know, the idea of becoming a leader is there's so many opportunities in our lives that I think sometimes we, we gloss over them and we, and we forget that it's an opportunity or we don't take advantage of it or people in charge of it don't, especially with sports. Sports programs help people so much. Is there, is there a reason for this that, you know, I mean, that's a pretty specific thing and probably speaks to your, some of your core values. So is there a specific reason for this or? Yeah. I mean, I was an athlete growing up. I was able to play two sports in college. And I think back on my experience as a female athlete playing team sports and how the skills that you learn from a team really translate into leadership roles, confidence, and that we need to find ways to infuse those lessons into our schools, give girls opportunities to play sports, give them opportunities to learn skills in other ways if they're not interested in sports. So I really just think that the way that that impacted me is what motivates me to want to be able to do that for others. That's, that's awesome. The, the, kind of, the kind of passing it on type of situation that you get into. We're kind of getting to the end of the conversation. You've given me a lot of, a lot of things to think about. And I, I think you've given a lot of people a lot of things to think about the idea of when you mentioned values earlier and how important it is to, to make sure we spread things into other people and make sure they get opportunities. That's what it seems like a lot of what you said is about. It's about realizing there's opportunities, identifying them, and then helping people take advantage of them, giving them the chance to do things, be it time, be it a say, or a seat at the table, for lack of a better term, use an old phrase. But, you know, among all of this stuff, there's, there's all kinds of things spinning around. What's the most important piece of advice you'd give to leaders to help them better support, engage, and empower teachers such as yourself that are in the mix and, and trying to pass it along? I think that leaders need to do the work to identify their own core values, to share what those values are with their staff, and be ready to lean into them during times of difficult decision-making and other challenges that may come up. I think that if a leader is able to clearly communicate their values and their staff know their values, you know, there's a level of trust that comes with that. So I know that when a decision has to be made, that there is consistency in the reasoning for that. I trust that because I know your values and I know that you leaned into those and really carefully considered how any decision you're made affects those values. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting. You talk about sharing values and that, that whole trust piece. That trust piece came up before where you talked about leaders need to trust teachers, that if they're not, you know, doing the exact thing in the curriculum on the exact day, and they're taking a different way, say with a bunch of snapping turtles that have laid eggs, <laughs> um, <laughs> that they know what they're doing. And there has to be that trust there. So 
it's interesting that the way you approach that is for leaders to identify their core values and lean into them and share them with their staff. And it's almost you're jumping into the idea of transparency. You know, sometimes leaders have to make decisions that aren't popular, but with trust, if the leaders have been transparent and given their thinking and the teachers know where they're coming from because of what they believe in, are you saying that's, that's what works for teachers to help teachers know that leaders are supporting them and kind of in their corner, so to speak? I think so. Yeah. You know, trust is built through small actions. So if over and over again, I see a leader who is living these values in the small everyday actions around our school building, the interactions they have with staff and students, the little decisions that are made, then I start to trust that when the big decisions have to be made, whether or not I agree with you, that it was done for the right reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's so good. Is there is there a way to build that trust I know that you said consistency in the small decisions, everyday things. Is there a way to model that for teachers so that teachers see how that works with leaders? Any specific ways that you could think of? Or is it maybe classroom visits? Is it maybe, you know, how they interact with the kids when they're in the classroom? Is it letting teachers go off book once in a while and, and maybe noticing teachers for that and giving them some praise for that in a, in a larger group setting? Yeah, I think it's all of those things. I think that it is leaders who show up every day. They're present in classrooms. They're present around the building. It's, it's showing teachers in interactions that they respect you as a professional. And I think leaders need to both listen more and ask more questions. That's awesome. So, you know, you know what? I think... With that, the idea of two things you said, trust is built in small actions and that leaders need to show up every day and listen more. I think that's, that's a perfect way to, to way to leave this. So I really thank you for taking the time to, to be on the podcast today. Is there a way that um, people can reach out to you? You've, I mean, you've said a lot of good things. If people want to hear more, is there a way to reach out to you or to get a window into your, into your world, even if it's finding hidden nests and decoy nests? Absolutely. <laughs> yes, I would love to chat decoy nests and, and real nests. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, I am on Twitter. You can find me at Miss C underscore fourth grade. And that is the digit four. Excellent. Well, thank you very much. I um, Again, I appreciate you for coming on. And I look forward to talking to you offline as well. Thank you so much, Chris. Have a great one. You too. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week.
And now a quick word from our sponsor, Jigsaw Learning. Whether you lead at the school, district, or division level, you're serving a wide array of students, and you know that no one person has all the answers when it comes to meeting each of their needs. That's why Jigsaw Learning helps leaders and their staff and faculty to develop a collaborative approach. Every child deserves a team. And when you put together the pieces of effective collaboration, you can realize that team's full potential. Connection, relationships, and authentic collaboration are at the foundation of Jigsaw Learning's work. Through professional learning presented on-site, online, or a blend of both, Jigsaw's team of experienced learning associates works with you to develop a personalized plan to help collaborative response thrive in your organization. Learn why educators have described working with Jigsaw Learning as powerful, wonderful, and beneficial for all students. Visit jigsawlearning.ca and connect with the team for information. That's jigsawlearning.ca. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.